wonderful good morning, wonderful good evening, afternoon, wherever you're in the world. If you're uptown punk, you're punk and you're loyal and you're listening to this podcast. If you haven't subscribed, you should subscribe because you must subscribe because if you don't subscribe, then you're going to miss out on the best content the world has to offer in forms of tech, renewable energy, and of course, our favorite topic, Gaia X. Um, so, Tim, um, we brought Andreas back because, well, Andreas, you, you know, Tim, Something we didn't mention actually in the podcast with him, Andreas is quite a celebrity now in Germany. He was um, um, because he spoke uh, in the in the Bundestag. Yeah, he spoke in the Bundestag, which is the let's say um, the parliament basically. So Andreas represents their Echo, and they had a meeting. I think it was about five six weeks ago. It was end of October. They had a sit down to speak about Gaia X, the project, um, which. Um, well, Andreas was basically representing Gaia X and Echo and speaking about it, and they got this sort of like soft sign off from the government. Then there was a Gaia X summit, which happened mid of November, uh, which was a massive success as well. And um, yeah, and then they had the digital summit, which is the Digital Gipfel, which is every year led by Angela Merkel. Uh, which also happened. Gaia X was the topic. Um, Gaia X is the topic next year with the Cloud Expo and the Data Center World and the Big Data and Air World Frankfurt. Because of course, um, in, if Echo and uh, all our partners are standing behind this initiative, we're standing next to them uh, because um, we're one union and uh, we think this is the right way forward and this is what we support as well. Um, am I giving away too much, or is it too passionate? No, all good. Um, it's, it's <laughs> um, and, and yeah, really cool thing, actually. Um, apparently, well, for all the Brexit likers, Brexiteers out there, guess what? Um, some British companies have applied to Gaia X. Mm. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, some people want to stay in the EU. That's really, uh, well, sad. But, anyways, um, quite ironic, but yeah, quite funny, isn't it? Anyways, let's not get too much into it. Um, um, should we talk about the happy news on our end in London? Got a vaccine. Uh, mm -hmm. Apparently, eight hundred thousand people will get vaccinated next week. Um, they already have really... eight hundred thousand people lined up to vaccinate. No, apparently they have eight hundred thousand vaccines available next week. Um, ah, okay. So do but do they also have eight hundred thousand people for these? Yeah. Vaccines? So um, I'm 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 not a health expert here, so don't quote me on it. But um, this is historically, if you ever listen to this Uptown Punk episode in, I don't know, 20, 30 years, when we're sitting in the Hollywood Hills, um, looking back, uh, basically, is it, um, they put people in different tiers. And the first group that's going to get the vaccine is people in care homes and caretakers. But now, um, today morning, they announced in the news that the problem is going to be that they're not going to be able to do this because um, the vaccine has to be stored at a certain temperature in order to be um successfully applied and uh, there comes the problem of transportation and um well if one thing the uk is known for is not the best roads so i can tell you this as a cyclist because um it's quite expensive breaking your wheels on it but that's a different story mm -hmm. but nevertheless it's some great news and um i think it's um it's 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 a it's a light at the end of the tunnel i think for the entire world um, that there's going to be a way forward. And 2020 didn't end in such a bad note, and we can all look forward to 21. Mm. Um, Tim, the second you can fly, uh, you're going to probably fly home. Um, I probably will. But you see, I decided not to do 
this um, to go home during Christmas. I'll do a London Christmas once again, the second in a row. Um, I could actually fly home. Um, the reason I stay is just that I am back to work in Jan. I know that if I go home, I will not want to leave again. And it's uh, going to be only like a week or so. And that's too short. So I, I said to myself, make yourself a nice little Christmas here and then go I don't know, in Feb or March or so. For, for I think Santa is bringing us some snow. Um, well, for anyways, let's see. For a white yeah, Christmas. Uh, by only the way, for you. I ordered it. I ordered from the Swiss Alps some snow for you, mate. Yeah, by the way, my second favorite Christmas song, <laughs> I will tell you in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh we hope you guys enjoy andreas and listen in and um if you have any um i actually had quite tim i must say i have quite a lot of people reach out to us now about guy x already mm-hmm. um who want to even come and speak on the podcast um Do it. all the way from northern europe Let's put it like this. But anyways, um, enjoy the podcast with Andreas and um, looking forward to your comments. Thanks. Cheers. So hello again uh, for another episode of the Uptime Punks. We are very pleased to have a returning guest today. I think it's the first one, so many first ones in the last episodes. Um, It's the first time that a guest returns on stage with us and we are very pleased because it means a lot. It uh, it means that uh, we have done our job more or less uh, correctly. With us today again is Andreas Weiss. Um, for those who uh, listened to the first episode, they might remember Andreas Weiss is very active in the Echo Association of the Internet Industry, and he's one of the minds behind Gaia X, which is also today's um, leading topic. Um, hello, Andreas. How how are you? Hi Tim. Hi Paul. Uh, thank you for asking. I'm very fine. So targeting, looking for Christmas time. Uh, getting a break. Uh, I think this is uh, what we need. Uh, all of uh, us. Exactly. We definitely need a break. We have an episode recording marathon this week um, in order to be able to blast those episodes out and to not think about turning on our computer. But um, yeah, we're happy that you also will have a break. Um, what made you return to our what made you return to our podcast? Is there any news about X that we um, talk about or um... well uh, as you know our guy is moving pretty fast and it's uh, mm. quite impressive what happened within the last year and we had recently we had our uh, Gary X summit uh, with a progress report again uh, and we had uh, 5,300 registrants and uh, it was a two-day session and the peak on uh, per day was uh, 3,700 attendees. So there's quite a lot of interest around GaiaX and we had some good talks and we, we, we showcased uh, the direction of uh, GaiaX and also established a roadmap. We can go into detail further on. Uh, and another event happened recently, which was a digital summit, uh, the German digital summit, uh, this time just an online event due to the pandemic. But um, what was also impressive, uh, there was a clear commitment by 
large companies to build up now the first GAIA-X use case based for the automotive industry uh, with a data sharing uh, strategy. And I, I think things are evolving pretty good around GAIA-X. Mm -hmm. Once again, the automotive industry seems to be ahead. Uh, we can talk about more um, about this use case later on. But now we, we still keep it to the tradition. We want to know uh, a couple of things. I know we've already asked you the same questions um, uh, about your first phone, your first computer, your uh, favorite lockdown gadget, which I remember is the Leatherman, um, right. which I think you've purchased long time ago and which has served you as a a very um, uh, helpful companion for half illegal activities. Uh, I mean, no, it's breaking into your own house uh, legal, I, I guess so, isn't it? Uh, so you were well, lucky that the police wasn't called, uh, police wasn't called on you. But um, yeah, maybe if you can sum up for those who don't remember your first interaction with technology um, and how you, how you interacted with this, what was, yeah, what was your first computer and all that stuff just to go through it very quickly so people get to know the generation and background you're coming from well uh, i can mention my, my first computer was a commodore 64 so i'm pretty old already <laughs> and uh, i think the first activity was just gaming so uh, and, and uh, 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 had a long time just to to collect uh, games and and of course uh, Daddle with all these things, and uh, then uh, two years later, uh, my dad uh, sponsored me a PC XT, so so one of these first IBM clones. And the only thing I had was uh, C colon backslash, and nothing happened on this thing. No games, nothing at all. So I, I need to make myself familiar with DOS and then all these things. And uh, well, I, I was quite impressed when I started with these. Uh, Lotus Notes and, and R-Base, the first relational database from Microsoft and so, and started to develop applications and, and use Clipper and all these things. And this was my starting into the IT world, beside my study where I had to use DECWEX and so on, something like this, so these very old-fashioned computers. Mm -hmm. So I think you, you, you're from the generation where one had to kind of know code from the very beginning in order to uh, get a computer to be useful. Because I, I, my first computer was already with a nice interface and clicking and very user-friendly. So I never really had the, the urge to understand in depth. I was already put on the user side, whereas on the other hand, I think correct me if I'm wrong, the, the models before were more, oh, okay, okay, I actually need to type in some commands. I actually need to do some kind of code. And I think there is kind of almost a gap um, there uh, between between those kind of computers. Or how do you see that? How, how did that evolve? Well, well, to some extent, it, it makes sense to understand how things are working. But be honest, uh, uh, who has changed anything in his car in the recent 10 years? You don't even open or look at the motor because you're not capable to do anything because it's getting too complex. And uh, now we are, we are facing the times where we are working with no code or low code application interfaces. Um, well, there's, it's, it's much more convenient, but also 
the things we have to do are, are much more complex. So I think it's it's, it's okay. You, you don't need to understand the complete world, but you need to understand how to deal with it. Right, right. Yeah, it's 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 normally the the moment where we finish the discussion when we get into these philosophical almost <laughs> topics about uh, what does technology do to humankind and doesn't doesn't um, make it as more stupid than we are. But then oh, there is always a pro and a contra. But um, yeah, just to keep it uh, in the in the warm up phase uh, again about your. Uh, about your Leatherman, are there any new stories coming up that your Leatherman did for, for example, during lockdown, uh, your Leatherman helped you to go, I don't know, explore nature or something? Well, we rebuilt our kitchen and I used it again to screw up everything and to, to work with it. But uh, of course, I have other tools as well, but it, it's, it's quite handy. So this is really how it works. Uh, but my, my family asked me already a couple of times, leave it at, at home because when we visit the museum, I, I think I said it already, uh, I'm getting in trouble using such a tool or bringing such a tool within uh, uh, surveyed areas or um, uh, I need yeah, to, 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 to remember not to take it to the airport and so on. Yeah, or to the football stadium or... Yeah, uh, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> so right. it's, it's, uh, there are some limitations and constraints having such a tool with me. Okay. So, but now to draw a parallel, um, the Leatherman is a very useful and um, multifaceted uh, toolbox for uh, its user. It is uh, it is employable in, in in almost any situation, and so should the cloud be. And um, Gaia X, as I understand it, is something that aims to be kind of a toolbox as well for its users when it comes to cloud applications and 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 data infrastructure. Um, so, if you could once again just very briefly explain to us what um Gaia X is and what you have to do with the project um, so that we then can dive in into the use cases and also how it ties in with uptime and all this kind of um, stuff. Well, um, as you know, uh, I introduced this, uh, I'm, I'm working on behalf of ECHO, which represents uh, the internet industry and we're already 25 years there. And uh, you might also heard already, just as the internet is, is often used synonymously for everything that happens in the digital space, we often find that the GAIA-X is over-interpreted in various directions. Uh, so this gives rise to terms such as the European cloud or European hyperscale, and also an overloading of the term digital sovereignty. Um, the, the original goal of GAIA-X is the conception of a federated data infrastructure with a focus on data sovereignty and data availability. And these based on European standards and values with the aim of promoting innovation in Europe. So this is really the core idea of GAIA-X. Um, and uh, this causes, of course, a lot of demand and also a lot of expectation around GAIA-X. What, what we are really driving here is to build up a kind of trusted ecosystem. And it's not just about cloud, because cloud is, let me say, close to commodity. Uh, or we really need to understand how to deal with data, or how to monetize data, or how to valueize data. And also, and I think this is also very important, how to be part of the value chain or value network within Europe. Um, 
really uh, uh, respecting that we have currently just a few provider uh, which are uh, covering most of the cloud market. But but now we are turning into this age where we want to deal with data. And this was also one of the key drivers, the industry, because they said, well, we are capable to 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 uh, survey our processes by sensors. We are able to collect data, and uh, we are also uh, preparing our strategy to deal with the data in the edge, uh, where, where the data occurs. But we also need the backend services, all the smart services like AI, probably blockchain as a service, uh, all or uh, BI tools and analyzers. Um, and what is our choice right now? Uh, we can either use one of the three or four ca key candidates, uh, uh, but by this, we, we have a reasonable vendor lock-in and we are also a little bit scared about the control about our data. So uh, if I transfer all the data in, in these environments, um, uh, uh, I have to, at least there's the impression to lose control about the data. And uh, this leads them to the requirement, we need more choice. We need also a plan B looking at these uh, uh, um, uh, findings around the, the, the pandemic and uh, how to build up resilience uh, for digital infrastructures. And um, just considering the edge again, we need a more decentralized approach. It's not all about cloud, it's about cloud and edge and interconnection and everything. And this was the driver, And but this should be done according to European values. And this is one of the challenges to, to apply uh, appropriate uh, regulation and requirements like EU Cybersecurity Act, like uh, EIDAS, uh, like um, GDPR, of course, and so on and so forth. And uh, also to support portability and interoperability. And this is more or less the, the key story, and let's go from there. And um, as I said, um, we matched all this with appropriate use cases. We tried to understand what are the requirements from the market. Um, and uh, this should be then also the guidance how to develop and prioritize uh, services which are going to be built up in, within this GAIA-X activities. Okay. So it's based on European values, and right after then you mentioned the kind of legislation that that also uh, is 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 kind of a underlying foundation. But just in terms of pure values, like um, besides the law, what are the values the the, the consortium or uh, the project want to reflect? But. Um... I think one, one of the key activities, or uh, there are three or four key pillars here. One is uh, to establish appropriate policies and rules. Because um, if you start to build up such platforms or try to build up data spaces with multiple actors, it is quite challenging to, to do this on a mutual agreement level. So you, you need common understanding how to deal with data, how to keep the data sovereignty, and uh, how to secure the systems, and also uh, uh, who is liable for what. So this is really what needs to be addressed. Uh, so we need, on, on one side, these policies and rules, also uh, up to a model clauses, for example. And then we need also the technical means to 
to, to, to facilitate the interactions with a trust over IP mechanism, for example, uh, to, to have uh, a common understanding how to deal with identities. And this is not just for human identities, it's also for processes and sensors or whatever is technical uh, systems which need to identify themselves with appropriate secure mechanism. And uh, then we need this facilitation, facilitation of the interaction between the infrastructure ecosystem and the data ecosystem. And these are the so-called federated services, which are really addressing this part identity plus the self-description of services plus the data sovereignty uh, functionality and of all all the compliance considerations. So this is in the middle. And uh, well, we, we just started in November with the official development of these services. And ECHO is the entity to coordinate all this work for the next two years. Mm -hmm. a, very, um, a very big task, I guess, to, to coordinate all this. So how much manpower does this require um, yeah. in ECHO? Well, uh, in ECHO, we are currently a team of uh, six people in core who are working on this topic. Uh, and uh, in total, we are capable with the funding by the German ministry to, to, to fund up to uh, 50 developers who are going to develop all these services for the next two years. Okay. So it's, 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 it's uh, challenging and I have huge respect <laughs> about this task, but it, it is a mandatory task and we have to expedite also the activity around uh, Gaia-X in this mm -hmm. means. Definitely. So you said you're actually now going from the stage, if I got that right, you're now going from the stage where you just wrote papers, where it was paperwork and thinking and thinking ahead, trying to find solutions and conceptualize this. You're now since November, so since almost less than a month, in the stage where you open uh, the computer and try to applicate as a to, to develop this stuff or what do you mean by development yeah yeah this is really to turn all this paperwork into action to real code into real services um, and uh, so it, it will be a set of microservices uh, with an mvg a minimal viable gaia so a kind of portal to to, to orchestrate all these uh, federation services uh, so that you can uh, look at the self-description of services, you can uh, query them, you can select them, uh, and then you can also build up a, a purchase list of services. So this is the first level. And further on, uh, we need also then to consider how to instantiate these requested services from customer side to, to, to uh, activate them, to, 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 to step up to the real life scenarios, for example. And this can be, so, so you can use your infrastructure layer, uh, some, some uh, Kubernetes containers, uh, uh, some AI services, and they need to be orchestrated. And therefore we need all this interoperability stuff. And this is also one of the tasks to build up a kind of architecture standards, because one of the key ideas of GAIAX is not to invent another certification, another standard, another whatever. Everything is there. We just have to bring the puzzle pieces together and orchestrate them and uh, harmonize this and uh, provide this within a common ecosystem with, mm -hmm. with common understanding and common rules. It sounds almost more complicated than inventing something new, because then you can, it's like, you have uh, a house, you have a piece of land, you can build your house on your own, you have the bricks, you put it together as you want, or you have a village of many different houses 
grown historically, a village, and then you need to, I don't know, build a tunnel system or something. And it's very difficult because, yeah, so I kind of see, um, I see that as a very difficult task. And um, I guess in terms of coordinating this with six people, are there any proof and methods that you use? Because as you now say, you go into real code. Is it is it now a... How, how do you organize yourselves to put this but together? This is a question principle will bring us back to the introduction when we talk, what do you need to know to understand about a PC? Do, do you need to, to understand where's the RAM and where's the CPU and where's the controller? Or are you just a user? And this is, we are, we are really targeting the, the, the age of, of building blocks. And for example, open source is one of the key elements. Uh, any, any open source project relies on previous projects. And I think just, 10 to 20% is individual code. It's just to glue them together to bring a new functional level, but to, 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 to use already major components which are approved, which are reliable and, and secure and so on. And this is really what we are doing here as well, because the Federation services are open source. Uh, and we start uh, with, uh, let me say, a more strict regime. It is not a, a full open community approach because we need to deliver in time. Uh, or on time, and, and this uh, is one of the challenges here, but we keep it open. Everyone can have access to the code further on and can contribute, but uh, in this sense, we have also have to consider uh, implications by intellectual property and so on, uh, and patents, and, and this is really why we need a more controlled approach, but we're taking such building blocks, bring them together, and these are then again, architecture decisions uh, on behalf of GuideRx. And this will lead us then to a set of architecture of standards, uh, which should be used by everyone who want to be part of a GuideRx ecosystem. And uh, well, this is a, uh, we don't, as I said, or probably previously, the, we don't have a blueprint for GuideRx. It's, it's uh, quite agile. <laughs> uh, we need to have an, an ongoing interaction uh, between the, the user and the provider side with the, with the supply and the demand services. And uh, this is really um, something where we keep an eye on all these things, where we need to have some filter mechanisms, some rules, some governance, uh, but as fast as possible. Okay. Just before- <clears throat> I think- oh, we, sorry. go ahead. No, no, <clears throat> I just wanted to say, um, <clears throat> Me and Tim personally are big supporters of GaiaX, and uh, I think it's great that because there's a lot of critics out there um, for the GaiaX project. I mean, um, some are calling the Trojan horse of the Europeans to get into big tech. Then um, I, I just I just put it online. One of them is um, GaiaX is Europe breaking the chains of Google and Amazon. Um, so it's like the scream for freedom of European tech. Um, did, I think for you, as, as somebody that's sitting with the project since day one, it must be quite a good feeling to see how everything is from paper becoming now something, um, well, not touchable really, but something that's actually becoming now um, some sh shape or form uh, reality, um, which probably um, is for you quite um, satisfying, I would, I would say. It's also necessary because uh, I also realized with all these paperwork and architectural work, uh, uh, we are losing a little bit of scoping because uh, you can summarize a lot of ideas, but uh, at a certain point, you need also some uh, 
Reality-Checks, uh, how to turn this in, 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 into real scenarios. And this is really where we think uh, the development of the Federation Service also uh, a kind of rescoping. So, so, so uh, these guys be realistic what we can do. Uh, although it, it, it is mentioned as a moonshot project, yeah, it is a step-by-step -step approach, and you have to build a, a, a core fundament, and and then let's go from there. And uh, about the critics, well, uh, I think I said it often uh, already. Uh, the world is not binary, so there is no black and white approach. This, the truth is always in between, and uh, I think it makes sense from my point of view to to include everyone who is willing to contribute uh, but at the end of the day they also need to commit on the rules and this might be also again uh, a, a painful activity for those who have some trouble to comply with european rules mm. um, i don't know uh, it's an open discussion but i think having the contribution by the hyperscalers with their knowledge it's it, it's the right approach because this is already 90 percent of the market and if you don't go into a direction which is already known by from the customer side, you try to introduce something pretty new. Uh, well, this is very difficult uh, to to approach. And uh, on the other side, we are always saying uh, this is an ecosystem with multiple services and. Uh, there's no problem to use a AWS S3 backend storage service for certain purposes, but if you have some legal constraints or some constraints in terms of confidentiality or regulation that data should be kept in a, in a certain secure room, then you probably need to make another choice. And this is really where we see this level of orchestration. And again, it should be served for self-determination. It's not on behalf of Gaia X to overrule the market. What are your choices? If they still want to use uh, one of the hyperscaler service, why not? But if they are already continuously complaining about the login, then they should have another choice. And uh, this is for me really an open ecosystem. And uh, but there will be some. Of course, there will be some constraints uh, exposed by the ARSBL in terms of the policies and rules, the standards to be supported, and also the legal commitments uh, which need to be done uh, mm -hmm. to, to, to comply with the regulatory framework and the governance. So like I said, it's, it's actually it's a, it's like a toolbox. I can take out what I need. Um, but it's 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 not like um, the the for example the certain tool it will it will be uh, proved and tested so that for example if I take a hammer out of the toolbox I know that this hammer is Deutsche Industrie norm. <laughs> it's not just like whatever hammer it's Deutsche Industrie norm. Perhaps the Chinese put it together, but it's Deutsche Industrie norm. And also what I found interesting what. Um, someone else said on this podcast, I'm not sure if the episode is out already or still in production, but it's this whole notion of reversibility where you can, as a user, um, at any point decide to do a cloud exit, um, leave a certain cloud provider, go into another, have it all like almost in a console, see cloud one, cloud two, cloud two, whether it's private or public, 
and decide at any moment that, oh no, this service I'd rather run in another because I have some legal or whatever constraints coming up and I need to do this um, now fast. And um, it gives me this, um, it gives me this huge flexibility. And it also gives me the, and I guess here is where the European values come in. It gives me the uh, freedom of choice at any time. And um, also the right to uh to to be forgotten as to use a gdpr term i take the data out somewhere else they need to delete it and i put it in another place that i found more adapted to my needs so do you would you agree that gaia x is this could fulfill this kind of expectation this kind of toolbox console where i have this um I mean, it sounds easier uh, when I say it than than to build it, of course. But do you think this is this is where we go? Yeah, yeah, uh, you're almost right, probably. And and there's not just one single truth around it. And uh, we take this toolbox uh, uh, term. Uh, well, the federation services they are one of these toolboxes, and this is really where we also emphasize the term federation. Uh, and, and this is part of the European DNA. Uh, we have multiple cultures, we have multiple countries, multiple languages, and even Germany, we have a federation approach with uh, multiple sub-regions and so on. And uh, this is also the balance between uh, uh, keeping uh, a generic direction with a level of self-determination. Uh, this is sometimes painful, but this is how we live and how we accept it. And and this is uh, also the idea anyone can take these federation service to build up his own federation to build house his own digital ecosystem for example automotive for example healthcare but even on a regional level that that uh, north rhine westphalia says so we make our gaia x cloud for north rhine westphalia that's fine for me they can take the federation services because they are already the first checkpoint are you aligned with the GAIA-X principles? Because this is the technology behind it. If you follow these technology, and if you also commit on the rules, then you are part of a GAIA-X ecosystem. And in this sense, uh, I think what is what could be a future impact, if everyone is uh, building up according to these same standards and rules and technologies, they can interact immediately. And this is where we also see some potential uh, working cross-domain, because uh, we, we need to overcome the separation of an infrastructure view versus a data ecosystem view. We need to bring this together, because this is really the value chain or the value network behind it. And what is also very important is we need to provide room for the startups, for the SMEs, to participate, participate in this ecosystem quite easily. So if they want to pitch their services against an, uh, an, a large enterprise, they start, uh, how do you deal with compliance? How do you deal with ISO 27001? Uh, what are the service behind it? And so on and so forth. Can you provide us evidence? And then they say, well, sorry, we, we, we just developed a service. We, are not, uh, we don't have our own data center. We don't have our own, our own cloud infrastructures. We rent it. And just to provide this stack of evidence cross over all the services which are assembled to provide the end service 
this should be done much easier in the future by GaiaX. Mm -hmm. Just uh, because everyone has his responsibility, but he's committed on the same rules, on the same standards. And you perfectly said this uh, portability, reversibility uh, in and out, this should be part of the promise of GaiaX. Uh, and, and we have these activities already in Europe, with switching provider, the Swiper initiative, also free flow of data in our European market. Um, and, and this, again, the, all these activities from the Commission are more on a specification level. I think RX is now the room to, 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 to bring it into the real-life scenarios, to, 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 to use these specifications also to identify gaps or flaws or whatever, and then uh, move forward from, the, from them. But whatever we do in GaiaX, it is an advancement. Even if GaiaX fails at the end of the day, and I don't expect that this will happen, but everything is an advancement, and we should really discuss it and, and move forward and progress it. Mm -hmm. Um, how, how, how would you see, where would you say um, is the most edgy point where there would be, well, there's always a percentage of failure, but where do you think, <clears throat> you always have a critical path and you would be like, well, we passed this stage, we're getting there. And <clears throat> probably the first one was, well, we're going to put it all on paper. It looks really pretty, but now we need to put it in the computer and see what happens. Um, where would you say is the critical stage where you can be like, well, that's 100% now going ahead and we're going to be all right? Well, um, as I said initially, uh, there's in some extent also an over-expectation. So, so we don't have a problem to get awareness around kayaks, obviously. So <laughs> there's a lot of buy-in, uh, uh, but also a huge level of expectation. And, and GAIAX is not here to save the world at all. So it is, we, we need to scope on, on what can be delivered on time. And uh, it is an iterative process. So let, let's make these steps. Double check, does it, does it suit to your requirements? Can we solve something? Are we progressing? And if so, what are the next level of requirements and how can we apply it on the roadmap? And, and there are a lot of activities in parallel. Uh, probably you heard about this uh, uh, announcement by the, by, the German, by, by the EU Commission, Thierry Breton, to build up data spaces. To be honest, data spaces is, is quite an abstract term. Uh, we, we, most of the people do not even know what does it mean, a data space. Is it a data lake where everyone puts his data into a, a huge repository? No, finally, it is a, a virtual uh, uh, network of data resources where people who are part of this data space can, can demand data from another entity, but the, therefore we need appropriate rules. and, and uh, and also a, a, a kind of balance. It is not quite easy uh, to say, what is the value of my data? So, the, so, so this is something which need to be done by the domains, by the people who are dealing with the data. This is probably, probably GAIAX can be a platform where we can solve this question. It is not our part uh, to, to define any kind of fair data sharing. There, there are other initiatives who are taking care about this. And I think this is one of the, I'm not saying risk, but one of the challenges we, we need this interaction between other initiatives, but they are all in different speeds. <laughs> and I said, mm -hmm. GAIAX is trying to be very fast because we need to be very fast, but this might be um, stress other projects quite a little bit. <laughs> and, then, and then we need to, uh, to, to understand, do you have appropriate funding to move forward? But GAIAX showcase already, this was a pro bono approach for the first year. No one got any 
any money out of Gaia X. Uh, I know one, some of the parties are looking for further funding, but at the beginning, this was really a pro bono activity. I think this was very impressive that, that we had this commitment by so much enterprises or, or companies or associations and so on. And uh, again, um, I cannot guarantee everything, but we try to to keep the the pace here and and uh, to move forward and uh, uh, talk to those parties who are really interested. And um, probably we we might face some capacity problems in the future, but then uh, we have uh, supporters who are really trying to 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 keep up the the playing field for GARX. Right. So um, there, there's definitely that challenge. Um, there's perhaps also the challenge, I think, when you mentioned that someone, um, the EU Commission uh, said it's, it's a data space and you don't really agree with that term. So another challenge could be terminology, a common understanding of what it is. I know another example that you've cited the last time you were with us is, um, I think, Madam von der Leyen, who said it's going to be the European cloud, whereas you said, no, it's not quite that. Um, so how do you make sure or will make sure in the future? And I count myself in because I'm just a medium here and perhaps I don't get everything right when I ask you questions, right? So you, I'm, I'm, I'm dependent on the fact that you constantly correct what I say and add the, add your point of view that is perhaps more pertinent as you're part of the of the team but how do you make sure or can can we all make sure that we talk about the same thing and that these expectations that are that the expectations aren't too high because maybe madam von der Leyen will realize that it is in fact not the european cloud once it's done and what do you tell her then well uh, yeah yeah um first of all coming back to this data space term i'm not saying that is wrong but it is not yet clearly specified what it is mm. and we need to and and you're right we we need to talk about terminology and also uh, for von der Leyen, she talked about the next generation EU and the European cloud. Now in the meantime, with the joint memorandum of the member states, they uh, clarified it, it will be a European federated or federated European cloud. So again, this federation term. So it, it's not just one cloud. It's not one big organic cloud like AWS or, or like Azure. It is the, the interaction of multiple clouds uh, provided by the providers who are acting on the European market. So this is so already... Someone uh, stepped in and, and corrected that uh, in, in the meantime. Yeah, probably it's, <laughs> it's more to uh, to sharpen the view on this. And it, uh, at, at politics, they, are, they say, oh, we have to do something for European Europe, we have to do something for cloud, so why don't we make a European cloud? So this is quite... The, the simple action here and then it's, it's politics the, isn't it as a politician <laughs> yeah. i need to use the simple words of the man uh, of the common man uh, i would do the this same can, this can be understood by the by the market uh, but then yeah we have to precise it and this is really one of these actions and uh, again yeah it is uh, somehow difficult to 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 find a a, a precise term uh, for example we had a very lengthy discussion about nodes what is a node so when we started, we said, okay, when we look at the, the criteria uh, what, uh, about a service, we also respect there are data centers out there, the co-locations and so on. So this is really 
a physical entity. And why don't we need such a physical entity? Because we need to address if a service is running or if the data is stored in a, in a certain location, and, and we need to have this information due to regulation like GDPR. So we need to at least know is the, the, the data processing and the data storage in the EU or beyond the EU, then you need any physical locator. This can also apply for a 5G network or an edge device or whatever. And uh, But then when we talk to the cloud service guys, they say a node is something is, is a virtual interaction between a set of services. So it's it's an uh, abstract function. So so you're, you're dealing with terms which are already set by certain user groups in a specific way. And it, it, it's not an easy task or even impossible to bring such a word into one single definition level because each of the groups uh, have a different understanding of such a term and it has been already used for years and you cannot just overtake this and say hey you have to invent a new term because we need the no term for other purpose so this doesn't work at all so so you need all these side documents all these side explanations and a clear definition within a smaller group what is the understanding of such a term and then let's go from there but this is all a really complex part. <laughs> Maybe but the you, reason you, you, why you, you have <laughs> why you have lawyers in the in the consortium. Yeah, this cannot <laughs> be in software lawyers because this is uh, on, on a human level. This is not uh, done by law. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, linguists. Yeah, this uh, really and uh, um, and sometimes language are arbitrary. So um, you, you can have. Uh, the, the same uh, 10 different words for the same item or you have the same item with uh, 10 different explanations so it's it's um, uh, yeah. like like the inuits that have uh, how many different words for uh, snow a, a lot a lot, uh, the, a lot. The, the rumors uh, 10 to 200 uh, i know uh, probably it's uh, one of these hoax activities but a, a lot uh, a lot of different <laughs> right right yeah because gaia is the, is the is the goddess of everything is the goddess of nature is the goddess of um, of chaos i think if i got that right so i guess this chaos will always be there and i guess it's where we get the creativity from and it reflects in language isn't it so um in terms of uh, just maybe not another side note before we then go to the roadmap and the use cases um the politicians i know that you have spoken quite recently before a ausschuss i guess the german uh, the english translation is a commission of the german um, bundestag about gaia x and um I don't know if it was the first time you did it, but I would like to know how you interacted with these members of parliament um, and, and what kind of, if, if they had any questions or concerns or how that, how those looked like. So how that, how that went basically. Well, um, it, it was the first time uh, it was, uh, uh, but this is a common procedure. You're, you're getting invited by a, by a party as an expert. Then you get a question list of all the participants of this uh, uh, group. Uh, in fact, we had 29 questions, <laughs> which mm -hmm. was quite lengthy. Uh, you can answer all of them or just uh, part of them according to your skill level. 
to be honest, yeah, well, ECHO, of course, we, we, we were mandated to answer all the questions because I think this is really where we are scoping on. And uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we this is kind of pre-shaping uh, to, to get also an idea about what the level of understanding by the, by the parties and, and by the representatives and uh, how to answer them. And then you step into the session and each of the participants in total, we had, uh, I think, six. Uh, experts and each of them they are capable to provide a five-minute statement just uh, uh, what is your understanding or what what is your uh, your what is your contribution of IAX what is your, and this can be done from various angles so we had a representative of uh, uh, the open source community for example uh, one by SAP one uh, uh, for about uh, uh, data privacy and and uh, also regulation and uh, and this was a quite a good mix from my point of view and then uh, each of the parties they have a five minutes question session to ask the expert about various topics and what was quite impressive or surprising there was nearly no criticism around GaiaX which is quite unusual <laughs> in such hearings uh, so they really us in a sense how can we support that gaia x will move forward and this was uh, let's say uh, a nice experience uh, i was prepared in a different way by my colleagues <laughs> it can be uh, difficult especially when we talk about security or surveillance uh, topics but in this case gaia x was really there was a huge support by the parliament uh, by for, from from each of the parties uh, they they Clearly commit, we have to do something probably to reshape the priorities and also to be clear about regulation, data privacy issues and so on. But in, in general, there was a huge support and this was uh, good to see at this point. Excellent, excellent. So now um, that we are in the stage or you guys are in the stage of um, getting this from paper to code, uh, maybe it's a bit uh, reductionist to say so, but I guess it's it's a nice uh, way of, of saying that it's now the next step. Um, you said there is a is a roadmap, and you said there is also a first use case being built in the automotive sector. Um, how does the roadmap look like, and how does this use case? look like sorry for two very big questions at the same time no problem um well just about the general roadmap for the next year as i said we we started now with the development uh, of the federation services which means now we are in the specification phase for release one this is a three-month exercise with the expert who worked in the last year about the X architecture and this is already a, a, a huge team of 40 people who are working now on these specifications and as a result, we are uh, 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 providing a, a tender phase so that those who are capable to, to do the coding can apply for these packages and then work and, and do the coding and do the service development. And we have a release one targeted uh, for uh, key, uh, or an alpha version targeted for Q3 2021. And then an official release version of the Gaia X Federation services in Q4 2021. So in between, of course, there are a lot of parallel activities. 
one of these activities to build up the ecosystem by national GAIA-X hubs. So we have, in Germany, we have already a, a hub. A hub is a kind of a, a group uh, from with users and, uh, and, and providers and other stakeholders to, 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 to consider various use cases where GAIA-X is beneficial. Because I need to state that none all of the use cases which are currently listed are really do, do really need Gaia X um, because you need Gaia X if you want to scale up if you want to if you face challenges in terms of multiple uh, interactions or the usage of data and so on and so forth uh, and uh, so. Um, I think this has to be discussed further on by these national hubs, and we already have one in Germany. Uh, uh, there will be one in France and Luxembourg and the Netherlands and Finland and in Italy. So there, there are a lot of activities to, to, to establish them and also to, to uh, get a common understanding how to interact in the future with the core development team. Um, and the, the impressive thing is, uh, beside the foundation of the AISBL, this association in Belgium, with the 22 founding members, now we are targeting 180 members by end of the year, which is uh, already a good commitment here. And um, further on in Q1 next year, we start a set of uh, webinars around uh, policy and rules, about the economy of data, about edge cloud. So all the key topics which are part of the GIREX design uh, to be included uh, as, a, as a core deliverable. And uh, so, as a result, there is an idea to have a release of a, the architecture of standards by end of the next quarter, as well as an update of the technical architecture document and also the policies and rules. So we uh, we, we want to build up the first data space uh, by end of Q1 2021 with the support of the associations which are dealing with this topic. Yeah, and then. Uh, move forward with uh, with some formal things, for example, uh, um, to, to have an, a second round for day two members uh, for application. And then there will be a, a GA, a General Assembly in June 2021 to, 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 to reshape the, the organizational structure of the GAIA-X entity with all the new members and then also elect the the next board of directors, because currently we are more in an interim mode and, and work just to, to prepare everything to have a, a have a good organizational scheme in the in the entity. Yeah, and uh, as I said, then with the federation service, and then we are now looking for new use cases. One has been announced now with the automotive industry, but there are also interests around healthcare, about uh, finance, uh, and so on and so forth. And this is really where we bring an, a continuously exchange from a user and use case point of view uh, uh, back into the technical design and also the regulatory and the design and the governance. And uh, well, let's 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 uh, have a look. In parallel, we are also interacting with other initiatives like USC, the, the European Open Science Cloud. We're also looking forward to have a federated approach and, and, and data sharing is also a key for them. Uh, but they have to consider their principles for the science community. And uh, yeah, 
uh, a lot of activities around and uh, we're just trying to streamline it and to, to, to provide synergies and to avoid redundancy. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Um, so the, the automotive use case, um, do you, what is it, what is it exactly about? Um, well, um, it is a joint activity with SAP and BMW and, and the uh, BM, uh, and other uh, companies out of this ecosystem. And they want to build up a data space and uh, want to build up platforms uh, for the supply chain. And this based on Gaia X principles. So this is currently they, they, they don't disclose anything, everything because uh, this uh, is also part of the roadmap. But of course, uh, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that there will be a, a huge momentum. And there's also a strong support by the German government. One is uh, there was an announcement that beside the, the funding of the Federation services with around 40 million euro, they were going to spend 200 million euro to, to support further use cases based on GAIA-X. And uh, beside this, there's also an upcoming IPSE. This is an important project of common European interest, uh, like for the battery uh, development. Um, they are looking forward to support the, the development of infrastructures, digital infrastructures uh, within Europe, also to support HPC uh, computing, which is necessary for, for AI services. I talked to the to the uh, German AI Association. Uh, we, we should also consider something like GDP3, uh, so this language processing, uh, which has been initiated by, by Elon Musk and, and now taken over by Microsoft um, about this uh, AI consortium. And uh, these are all the things we need to bring together. So, uh, so you, you always need a 360 degree view, uh, what's going on here in the digital area and uh, who, who, who owns the topic or who is progressing the topic. Uh, but uh, is there any, any relation to GAIA-X? And uh, I think the, the GAIA-X is really the, the overlaying view and then we need to take all the stakeholders and actors to, 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 to surf into the same high-level objectives, from my point of view. Mm -hmm. And it's not just talking about digital sovereignty. It's really to move forward with innovation for the, at least for the European economy or even for the worldwide economy, if they uh, appreciate what we are doing here with GAIAX. Cool. So I said in the beginning, once again, the automotive seems to be seems to be leading um, in, in this thing. Um, I think it is also perhaps even necessary. Um, but SAP and BMW, they don't disclose everything, which I understand. But do you know more about the uh, goal of this um, data space and platform uh, ecosystem they try to build for their value uh, and uh, supply chain? Well, to be honest, uh, I haven't had time to make a deep dive on this. Uh, I understood mm -hmm. it is about the supply chain and we have a lot of uh, deliverable, uh, the, the companies who deliver into this supply chain from the German market, but cross over Europe as well and worldwide. Uh, we, we, they are also targeting this topic of resilience of supply chains. Uh, mm -hmm. There's an understanding out of the recent development uh, you need to take care about such uh, supply chains and then uh, you need also some uh, redundancy in the production process and also in the, in the geolocation where 
things are going to be produced if you want to be resilient in your deliverables. And uh, in this case, uh, they, they understood we have to deal with data. We need to understand how to share data. And just to indicate the complexity of this topic, just uh, think about mobility, which is also a huge topic also in terms of uh, climate, uh, climatic uh, considerations. Um, if there is a car sharing approach, who owns the data? Is it the one who who owns the car, the one who is going to lease the car, the one who is driving the car, the one who is collecting the data in a platform? So this, these are all the complex questions because when this uh, comes into a consideration how to monetize this data, of course, there's a huge fight uh, uh, who is going to take which share of, of uh, this uh, added value out of the data. And this is not yet being clarified, but everyone has understood it doesn't make sense just to deal with your own data. You need to share data if you want to find any kind of advancement. And I think, therefore, but you need, therefore, a trusted room. And this comes back to this term of data sovereignty. Probably, if you say, I don't know, even know where to go, but I'm okay to share my data if you can provide me evidence that there's something uh, which is also coming back to me. And if I realize that this will not happen, I will need also a switch to stop the sharing of data and even back to the data I've shared already previously. And this is really the constraint we are facing right now. Whenever you share the data and here in the internet, this is like a post on Facebook, it is there forever because it can mm. be replicated, it can be moved to the next entity. You don't have any control what happens with the data. And therefore, we, we, we need this term of data spaces as a, as a kind of trustworthy and secure data room where you still can execute the data sovereignty, where you also have the kill switch. I want to stop to sharing my data uh, if I don't get any, any added value out of this activity. Uh, or other other uh, parties are just taking out the value and um, I'm here in the loser situation. So this is probably something we have to discuss. This is not where I'm directly involved, but we have to consider. So if we can support such requirements by technical means, then we should take this into consideration for GAIA-X. Mm -hmm. um, this is where I think we had a discussion with uh, a lady from Spain a um, couple of weeks or months ago where we exactly came to that point with the data sharing, uh, which comes back to blockchain. So that everybody should have like, um, Tim, what did she call it? She called it like a citizen pass or um, what they're looking at in the blockchain uh, world. Digital Basically, ID, yeah. digital ID that you own your rights and you can decide, okay, I'm going to share this data with you, but you, let's say, um, Nike running or whatever it is, if I go for a run and I share the data with you, you have to pay me for it. So um, data shouldn't be available to you free of charge. And via the blockchain, you can make sure that uh, encryption is there and that data can be blocked off. And um, yeah, this was the idea behind it, that you can protect your data. Maybe that's something um, you can take away from here then, Andreas. But I'm sure you guys are looking into it already anyway. So um <clears throat> but yeah, I, I think it's great how, how Gaia-X is becoming alive um, and the automotive industry is leading. Um, where would you like to see, from your perspective, some more action? Where would you like to see some more people putting their sleeves up and saying, hey, let's get involved? Is it the energy sector? Is it the manufacturing sector? Would you say it's... Um, 
who who's still like a little bit um is it the smes who are still not like really ready to get involved um, um well, where would you say I mean, guys come on wake up um you're gonna miss the train to be honest i would really personally i would like to see it in the healthcare section because uh, we're still uh, not progressing in this term or when, when when you go for surgery you have to to uh, fill out manually 10 different forms uh, three of them are fully redundant for for, for whatever reason um, uh, we, we have again a serious discussion about this uh, uh, patient files in Germany and uh, I, I remember personally probably have uh, discussed this last time as well we had the situation with this e-hack bacterium 10 years ago. And uh, the, 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 the hospital in Hamburg, they, they introduced a patient act uh, file uh, two years before. And by this, they had thousands of patients and just three of them died. Whereas in other where they had 100 patients, 50 died. And this just because 20 uh, doctors can, can can sit together in the same room, had a look at the at the at the patient files, to understand the symptoms and to 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 progress with the uh, with the treatment. Um, and, and I think again, this is also necessary as a level of self determination. If I'm okay that my doctor shares the data with the next entity, this should be done, and this should not be constrained by any data privacy mandate, uh, which stops everything in terms of data sharing between entities. So uh, I'm okay, and I'm, I'm fully committed on GDPR and, 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 and the, the effectiveness of GDPR. But I'm not okay if this stops any activity on, on, on larger base, and I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even capable to mandate, hey, why don't you share the data? Because it's good for me. Um, uh, and then they're saying, no, we are not allowed due to uh, GDPR constraints. So this is really what, what, what doesn't make sense. And if you're a cancer patient and they say, we cannot provide you the treatment because we don't have the data, we don't have access to information how to in enhance your treatment, then this is a failure from my point of view. So I think we, we need this progressing in this area. We need room to develop such scenarios uh, but of course, keep an eye on these compliance requirements and uh, and again, uh, uh, a level of self-determination. And if, if someone says the people are not capable to 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 uh, to understand uh, potential implications, then just just keep pressure to to inform the people instead of regulate the people. So this is my understanding. Mm -hmm. I guess in the healthcare sector, the 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 the, the priorities were somewhere else at the moment probably. yes and no, perhaps also i think the underlying uh, notion or at least the, the 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 thing i initially thought of or instantly thought of is but what happens if instead of um for doing better uh, care data share just to maximize profit margins and and for yeah. that reason only if the same happens if i can cure a patient better and increase my profit margin then there is a win-win situation and i'm per perhaps it's not the I, best ethics i don't all, agree but i'm okay you, but if it's only for profit margin and we've seen this happen especially in healthcare yeah. Uh, couldn't but, cite any examples. But, but Tim, you need to differentiate between two things. You, you need to differentiate between um, the patient care, 
right? Which is the medical stuff. This is where the profits are in, right? Which mm -hmm. is the medication, the pharmaceuticals, the Pfizer, and or you name all of them. Mm -hmm. And then I think the, the the root of the problem in Germany is that there's something called the house arts, right? So every village was used to have a little clinic where there's a doctor you would go, right? Mm -hmm. Now um, with the movement at the moment is that there's more old doctors going into retirement than young doctors coming who are willing to take over one of these local village clinics, let's call it like that, because they say, well, that's too much work for me. I need to work six days a week. I always have to be on call and all of these things. So the younger people rather live in a big city and be a doctor in a big hospital. So, um, <clears throat> and the thing is, the people that are running the hospitals are still the older generation who just know that uh, everything has to be done by paper and stamp. And uh, six people have to sign a paper before somebody gets a surgery done. So I think it's more like... Um, it's a conflict of generations. It's the same with um, Andreas. It's the same with the federal government in Germany, I think, because um, uh, my mother just retired as a tax officer. Um, so she worked as a tax officer in Germany for um, well, a good 30 years. And um, she, I mean, they, they, they got computers 20 years ago, but uh, even now when she retired, she was still filling out papers on the computer and paper and they had to do double filing because um the government needs everything to be um according to you can go back hundreds Stand of generations and put it yeah and it's like I, I remember as a little boy when i was used to go to my mother to visit her after yeah. school and like mom why do you have so many stamps and she was used to have like um there's a date stamp declined stamp received stamp and you like I, everything is a stamp basically yeah. and um I, I think it's just um I agree with you, Andreas, but I think the problem is that in Germany, it's just that we want to do everything so super perfect in detail, and uh, maybe just somebody needs to make a step forward. Uh, uh, nice to see that you're taking this discussion right now, because it has to <laughs> get your attention, and uh, uh, to be honest, another key domain we, we, where we need yeah. to progress is education, of course. So we, we are now yeah. facing all the challenges with homeschooling. Everyone is trying to build his own uh, concept instead of having a generic concept Concept, which is really serving for the digital competencies and, and to, to uh, be applicable for everyone. And in this case, uh, um, I was really surprised uh, why no one has really taken this chance to build up a, a European video conferencing system on large scale. Everyone is complaining about data privacy by using video uh, systems and, and uh, that there was a huge chance. Uh, just if everyone is going into the same direction, why don't we purchase one huge video conference or we cho choose a video conferencing system which can be served by a lot of parties with the same rules and the same conditions. This would be really uh, an advancement. So this is really where we think to, to set up a, a kind of ecosystem brings us mm. much better forward for such considerations or it makes it much easier to scale up services when they really showcase they are beneficiary and, and they work as expected. But now we have a lot of more users and why don't we just scale it up uh, within, with the same rules and with the same technology? This is what I think can be helpful by GaiaX. Um, back to the educational point, we found it a really funny fact um, in one of the episodes, uh, previous episodes which we recorded. So apparently in Bavaria, they said, okay, we're going to go into online education. We're going to do um, online school books. 
Um, just to show you where we're at with digital transformation, apparently they had to print it out at least three times to get it all signed off and get it all corrected. And this just, this just, but this comes back to my my German way of saying the Germans. It's just nitty gritty. Like you could do this because probably I I'm a hundred percent sure there's probably some sixty five year old guy or lady who's about to retire, but she's the one who has to sign it off. And she refuses probably to use an iPad or a computer, so it has to be printed for her and has to be taken to her to get it corrected. And and I think this is I think this is the major hurdle that we're having. That um, I, I think <clears throat> the younger generation, uh, the older generation, has to give the younger generation the ropes and just be like, "Hey guys, come on, let's get this done. How do you think um, this should be done?" And maybe get um, yeah the younger generation a little bit involved. And in, uh, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is my perspective uh, I'm, I'm still of things. We, we, <laughs> there, there will be a level of understanding that we have to do uh, a change. And as I said, we had a couple of years for uh, uh, safety to mind uh, disruption, but now mm. uh, it has been mandated by the pandemic. And uh, hopefully, this will open some eyes and, and say, yeah, we, we have to do something now uh, and not in 10 years. Yeah. That's that's yeah perfect. All right, um, so um, we covered then I think most of the points of Gaia X um, and what's coming up in the coming months. Uh, I'm sure we're going to have you back in a couple of months again to see where we're standing. Then I, I am uh, rumor says it by April there should be some use case scenarios already uh, trialed. Um, so we can talk about that then just before the summer break because um, yeah. we're also planning with. Um, our conference to make Gaia X one of the main themes next year because um, we feel like we need to stand with you guys on this one and support you uh, because we think it's also the right way forward um, because, um, well, European spirit. But nevertheless comes the favorite question. What's your favorite Christmas song? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, 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 I'm uh, age out of the... Uh, but it's still uh, last Christmas. That's oh, it. Ah. <laughs> okay, no judgment there. No. <laughs> no judgment there. Okay. Ah. Well, you at least among the persons who will uh, who will uh, get get what he wants because you'll hear it in every shopping mall. Uh, for sure. Uh, for although sure. there are some constraints uh, currently, but uh... Yeah. True. It will That's... happen by any device. Well, yeah. So I, I just I, added that to my uh, list of good things that happened during lockdown. Malls are closed. I, I... <laughs> no class Christmas. I, I think it was announced yesterday, no, that the lockdown in Germany is extended till tenth of Jan. Yeah. So, um... it, 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 it's a, still a soft lockdown. Uh, although okay. uh, places for shopping are still open, but with uh, more constraints, how much people can access uh, the rooms according to the square meters. But um, it is uh, there's still not a hard lockdown in this case. Well, let's hope you guys get the vaccine soon as well. Um, apparently in the UK, it's approved, uh, the only country in the world, but uh, maybe you grow a third eye and nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, we, we keep an eye on the progressing of this uh, scenario and then... Uh, Hopefully we can yeah, let, 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 let's send it to the Brexit people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you guys want out, this is your out, you take the vaccine, you try it. And if you guys survive, you can come back into the European <laughs> Union. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it is oh, quite Jesus. dark humor, but um, yeah. Um, Andreas, um, thank you very much. Um, 
uh, we wish you from our end a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and enjoy the time with your family and um, uh, I hope you will be able to recharge as well and come back with full force then uh, next year to to tackle your um, and support your well I would say almost like your child Gaia X um, which you see growing up now slowly but um, nevertheless um, the last word is always with um, the guest so First of all, thank you, you too. I really appreciate the talks with you. It's, it's a, a different format than all these uh, old-fashioned interactions. And uh, yeah, uh, just 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 keep the voice, just spread the word, uh, what's going on here. And uh, uh, hope you have also you enjoy your Christmas time. And uh, even with Brexit, we will talk again next year for sure. <laughs> all right. No okay, thank you. Cheers, bye. bye. Well, great. So now we know that the automotive industry is again leading the world. Um, the German automotive industry. Bayerische Motorenwerke. Bayerische Motorenwerke, yeah. BMW. Do you know why it was called Bayerische Motorenwerke? I don't you know. know. What they, you know what I they used know. to build? Uh, it goes back to 19... Okay, I guess I know what they used to build. Uh, they used to build engines for the planes. Um, oh, so okay. this is where it comes from. Uh, a lot of people don't know this. Um, another fun fact, Lamborghini was a tractor uh, manufacturer. That's where Lamborghini cars come from um so yeah um some fun facts about automotive but yeah it was great with andreas so we know we're making progress now with gaia x um where the um idea is becoming well i would say it's becoming reality now no um which i think is really great um but yeah um tim how do you how do you how do you feel about it all going forward I think it's good. I think it's great. I actually had the feeling that it is all just paperwork and paperwork and papers to read and concepts and ideas. And and I, I never really saw, like, well, when will this be turned in an actual uh, thing, right? So a, a website where I can go and, and start to use Gaia-X. But it's now on its way. Um, there is code written, being written, Um the greatest thing is a non-profit organization, which I would say, which is the it right is thing a non-profit to do. organization, but it will, if used correctly, it will generate lots of value for um, for those who use it, um, or be or are part of it. Because if it works and if the user understands um, the benefits, the value of it, the benefits and the value of it, and if you manage to to to, I don't know how it will be if you will be ranked or how because. See, that's another question. If you, in this thing, what, what the visibility of each part is, I guess, if you're a small startup, how can you have the same visibility there as um, a big company? Anyways, but I guess if it works, it, it, it well, I think it will be uh, quite profitable for, uh, for, the, for those who, who take part. Um, but it's not easy, I guess, because you... You, uh, especially if you're from outside Europe, it will not be so easy, I guess, to just um, to comply with all these rules. But once you're in, it will become lots, lots easier. Anyways, um, I think it's time for my favorite Christmas song, number two, <laughs> because um, 
I want to I want to keep this outro short and sweet. And so my favorite Christmas song number two is um, "White Christmas," and I think the version is the golden. Um, what is it? White Christmas. White Christmas from the Golden State Quartet. I think it's White it's, Christmas Golden. It's an a cappella, a jazzy uh, a cappella song, which is I'm dreaming of a white Christmas, just like the one. Golden Gate used. Quartet? Golden Gate Quartet, of course. Again, royalties. White Christmas is Christmas time. Ah, that sounds very. You know what you need with that? A nice little glass of whiskey. Um, I don't drink. I know, but I'm just saying it would be a nice glass of whiskey and um, yeah. it's open fire. But yeah, um, to all you listeners out there, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas. Um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Please subscribe. Um, send if us a message. don't subscribe, you have to line up for the vaccine. <laughs> bad joke. Really bad joke. I'm sorry. Still the uh, uptime punks, but... Um, yeah, I, just, I think it's like... Yeah, no, corona, uh, corona isn't a joke. Um, I, uh, no, Corona is a serious thing because, um, well, Tim, maybe we can tell everybody. No, we can't. <laughs> no, I think I, I think I had it, and it isn't a joke. Um, to be honest, it's, um, it's not nice. And um, just take care of yourselves. You are, if you are feeling unwell, take care of yourself. Um, Tim, and... I, I mean, for me, the shocking moment was when Tim was like. Bloody hell, I ate half an onion and I can't taste it. <laughs> so, yeah, which is why um, I stayed the last two weeks in at home and I didn't go out. And uh, and yeah, but it came, see, the, the, the very next day, um, <laughs> you took it away. No, uh, the very next day I had, I had my sense of taste again. But yeah, who knows? Anyways, um, be safe, stay safe, enjoy this time with your family and um, let's look forward to 21. Thanks. Yeah. Right. Cheers. Bye.